0: You've tuned in to LocalJobNetwork.com Radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and you're listening to Community Concepts, where we take an inside look at organizations that deal with the community and issues they face when it comes to employment. So whether you're a veteran, a woman, a mature worker, or an individual with a disability, we have a show for you. And today we're discussing Disabled American Veterans with Jeff Hall, the National Employment Director at DAV. Jeff, thanks for joining us.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me, Katie.
0: Now, to start us off, can you tell us about your organization, Disabled American Veterans?
1: Yes, DAV is a nonprofit organization that's been around for nearly 100 years now. We were founded in 1920 by a group of concerned World War I veterans who came home from overseas, many seriously and traumatically disabled, to uh, basically a situation where there were no programs in place or caring for them uh, was not in full swing. So DAV, these members banded together other disabled veterans, formed the Disabled American Veterans of the World War, which just became Disabled American Veterans and, and today known as DAV. We were fully chartered by Congress in 1932 to provide the free services that we do, which are always free, to the men and women that have served this country as well as their dependents and orphans alongside. So over the course of about 100 years, We have grown into a huge organization built on uh, approximately 1.2 million members or so across the country to include uh, Puerto Rico, Hawaii, Alaska, and the far reaches. And we have local chapters uh, in every state as well as those comprising a a state department and then up through the national level. So DAV being a banded group of Of veterans who encountered uh, whether they were wounded, ill, or injured in the service who suffer a lifelong disability uh, as a result of that. And then we provide a whole host of free services to those folks.
0: So as the National Employment Director, what is your role at DAV and kind of can you tell us a little bit more about what you do?
1: As the newly appointed National Employment Director for DAV, and I say newly appointed because not just newly appointed in the position, but it's a new department for DAV. For nearly the, the existence of, of DAV, we've never had a, a service or a department dedicated solely to providing employment assistance to the men and women that have served. DAV long has long recognized the problems or the issues facing, especially those young veterans transitioning out of military service, but with uh, finding either meaningful or uh, you know meaningful employment to go along with their transition after service. Many become employed, but may be underemployed. And so DAV has always recognized this as a longstanding issue. And uh, earlier this year, through the, the guidance of Mark Burgess and National Executive Director Barry Jezanowski, they felt it was time, along with the Board of Directors, to to finally engage and create a program dedicated to provide this particular service. So it's a new venture for DAV. It's a very exciting time because I've, I've been through a lot of different positions through DAV, and one of which are the major core of what I did was providing direct assistance to veterans in various cities that I worked in. And the one thing that always troubled me personally and, and of course, across the board with DAV was the fact that we just didn't have anything dedicated to helping them find employment.
0: All right, and a large portion of what DAV does also kind of consists of lobbying for the rights of disabled veterans in Congress. So, can you tell us more about these initiatives and what that lobbying really does for the veterans?
1: We have several different departments alongside of the employment program. Uh, one of those is the national legislative program that we have. It's a small group uh, of folks that work in the legislative staff, which is directed by our national legislative director, Joe Vialante. Work day in and day out, working with uh, staff and members of Congress, as well as policymakers and anybody at the Department of Veterans Affairs or other government agencies, so that we can help shape, persuade, introduce, and push along any kind of policy or legislation, perhaps growing into a bill that becomes, you know, eventually becomes a law. And so they work tirelessly in those efforts to ensure that towards the betterment. Uh, Of veterans and their families. And again, part of that, or a large part of that, is regular testimony before Congress, be the Senate uh, Veterans Affairs Committee or the House Veterans Affairs Committee and subcommittees. There's a wide variety of different committees and different portions of Congress that we interact with. Most recently, things along the lines of the Affordable Care Act, caregiver bill that became a law was DAV was extremely instrumental in getting that passed, which was much needed benefit to the caregivers that provide assistance to their family members. So we are in full swing constantly on Capitol Hill with our with our efforts there.
0: Now DAV also strives to educate the American people. So can you tell us what kind of education you provide for general Americans and kind of why you do that for them?
1: For many folks out there, I think in general the American citizen knows and understands that there are hardships that are faced by are those that are serving in harm's way today as well as those that have come home and, and have transitioned out of the military so I think there's a gen- there is a largely a general understanding of those types of issues specific needs when it gets into those particular matters daV really strives to make sure that the you know the general public knows and understands that once that soldier or sailor comes home that they're you know, it's an ongoing battle or can be an ongoing battle. Mm -hmm. And many believe, Katie, that, you know, an individual, as an example, that was injured in military service, that benefits when they leave military service are automatic. And that is just not the case. So they have to rely on an organization like ours with our, you know, our advocacy end of what we do to help them fight to get their benefits. It, It shouldn't be that way. However, that is something, again, that the general public I believe still to this day doesn't really fully understand why the need for our expertise comes into play in that. Same thing holds true for other matters that we try to educate on, which is that we provide a free service and some believe that you need to pay to have expert representation and that's not the case either. We are the leading experts in providing that advocacy and helping veterans get their benefits. Whether it be the benefits or health care or any other type of things associated with that, DAV leads the way in that. And we just want the individual's general public to know that the DAV is out there. We have been out there for nearly 100 years and we provide that service free of charge to them. And it really only takes a simple phone call to kind of get things going.
0: Now, if someone just wants to get involved with DAV and help these uh, veterans, are there volunteer opportunities available for them?
1: First of all, anybody interested in that should visit DAV.org, that's DAV.org, and they can find out further, further information than what we may have time to elaborate on because mm-hmm. to me it's a very important subject of volunteering because the core of what DAV has done for these many years has been built upon those that have given selflessly in volunteer effort. There is no, no organization out there that provides more volunteer hours, more volunteers on the job, I mean, I think for lack of a better when it comes to volunteering at the VA hospital for those that do, we can save uh, on an average I think annually somewhere around 40 million dollars a year to the VA in salary that they would have to pay approximately or just under a thousand employees to perform the same duties that our volunteers are able to go in there and pick up. Wow. So that that alone, yeah, that alone is is a big deal. But our volunteer corps goes beyond that to say that we provide free transportation for veterans to and from their medical appointments at the VA. In 1988, the government stopped providing that across the board, stopped providing transportation to and from their appointments. And so that left many stranded without a way to be able to get the needed medical care. So DAV stepped up and through our partnership with Ford Motor Company, we have been able to supply each year, donate vans to the VA medical centers, So that we can transport those veterans to and from, but it doesn't stop there because once we donate the van to the facility, we also provide the volunteer to drive the vehicle on day in and day out. And so I can tell you last year alone, in 2013, if my statistics are right, our volunteer drivers transported, I would say more than 700,000 veterans to much needed appointments, provided almost, uh, well, I think a million and a half volunteer hours and traveled more than 25 million miles getting them to and from their appointments. So there are a lot of volunteer opportunities. Everybody is welcome to certainly contact us, and we can lead them in the right direction. And uh, it's just a great opportunity, and, and it just doesn't work without volunteers.
0: Wow. DAV is certainly making an impact all across the board. And in addition to lobbying in Congress and educating the American people and providing all these volunteer opportunities, guys also have a lot of programs that directly assist these veterans. So I was just wondering if we can just touch on each one of these in general. And the first one would be the mobile service office. And from what I understand, this goes out to maybe like smaller, more rural communities where, you know, it might not be easy for these individuals to get to a larger city where there might be a local DAV office. Is that correct?
1: That is absolutely correct. I mean, we have uh, just to kind of explain it before leading up to the mobile service office. We have, as I explained in the beginning, we have chapter service officers or chapters. And in those, we have chapter service officers. Now, they're not accredited, but they are trained by us in an annual certification, as well as department service officers. So you have those folks that are out there across the country. But our core of national service officers, which we may touch on here within our service program, I would say our service officer, national service officers operate our mobile service office program again, we for many years had what we called a field service unit that used to go around uh, different places in the country, and then due to expenditure or cost, just sheer cost associated with it, you know we had to suspend that or at least for uh, for a while. We resurrected our our program, gave it a facelift, and basically made it a much more fully equipped with technology unit that goes around so we have. I believe it's around 10 mobile service offices that that go around the country, you know, kind of divided up in specific regions and what those mobile service offices, they're they're fully equipped or housed with two offices that are fully functioning the same as if our service officers, two of them left their office, actual office building and went on the road, they have the same tools available to them on the mobile service office. And yes, the idea, as you pointed out, is absolutely right because not everybody can go that lives upstate in New York can get to Manhattan, Mm -hmm. or that lives in Southern Illinois can get to Chicago, where the regional offices are, because the way the VA is designed is claims are processed, and I'm talking specifically like claims for disability compensation or or those types of benefits, are processed out of a VA regional office. And in doing so, many just, even though you can provide a great deal of services by way of telephone and talking to someone like you and I are, Mm -hmm. or through the, you know, the electronic filing that's available now. Well, the mobile service office brings that service right to their front door and allows them to either travel less, again, many with serious conditions that are just not going to allow them to get into the, uh, the locations where the VA regional offices is, so or, or where they are. And so the mobile service office, we're able to fully assist them in counseling, advising them of their benefits, and then actually filing the claim online from the mobile service office.
0: No, you also have information seminars. Are those similar to kind of what the service officers kind of provide as far as education?
1: Yes, it's a, it's a it's actually an extension of what we do in our national service offices. Our information seminars kind of come in a wide variety. It may be an information seminar that's provided to a transitioning military unit, like a National Guard unit. So they may contact us and ask, ask us to come out and provide a benefits. Information seminar to those that are transitioning or separating from service, whether it be that type of situation, or we host them at VA medical centers where we can, you know, we advertise it that we're providing a benefits overview seminar, or a different DAV chapter may host them. We host them all year long. What's one of the interesting things is, especially over the course of the years, you'll have companies that employ a lot of veterans. And who have recognized, hey, we have some veterans here, a lot of veterans that work here that don't even know what their entitlements are or didn't have the opportunity to fully check them out and mm-hmm. look into it because they got out of the military, they got their job, they moved forward, and they just didn't take the time. And now they may be at an age or their disabilities have progressed or something like that to where they really need it. And so employers are recognizing that and contacting us and asking me in specific if we're able to come out and provided one of these types of information seminars to their employees on site. And we're able to do those types of things. So it's, it's a wide variety of audiences that we get or, or venues, I should mm-hmm. say. But the gear is, or the direction is to provide those overview of benefits. And actually, we can file claims at the information seminars depending on the type of setup it is. But we can do those things as well.
0: Now, we're up against the clock here, but you have additional programs for homeless veterans, you have disaster relief, and then like we talked about earlier in the show, you also have employment resources. So as we're looking to wrap the show up today, if you could share one piece of advice for a disabled veteran or just for the general public about a DAV and how they can get involved and, you know, what they can be doing, what would you say to these individuals?
1: Well, it, it, we would have to cut, we would probably have to extend the program a lot, but I would say it's really not one piece of advice I could give, but I, I guess to narrow it down to try to keep this on point here would be to know that DAV is out there, that we've been out there and will continue to be out there to provide the full range of these types of benefits and services that we have. You know, homelessness alone is, is a tragic issue that has plagued this country. And Even though it may have gotten better at times, you know, It fluctuates. It's one of those types of issues. But DAV tries to do our very best by plugging them into the programs and services available to them in the local areas where that, you know, isn't in a situation. Disaster relief, anytime that occurs, DAV is usually there. We'll take our mobile service office and we'll go out into the site of the disaster to provide some type of relief vouchers to our members that have been affected by us, such as a tornado or Mm -hmm. something like that. And so disaster relief is, is a big program for us. Employment resources being part of our new employment program, let me just sum that up and say, if no one else remembers anything from you know, everything we've talked about, jobs.dav.org is our new website that I, that I oversee, and that is going to be providing, and it's in the process of going through a second iteration. But what they will be able to find is through our partnership with Recruit Military, where we go out and do... Uh, we did 34 job fairs in, during the last six months, and we've signed on to do a, up to 75 events across the country this year, where we bring a host of employers, quality employers, into the, you know, a venue where its uh, veterans are able to come and speak directly to those employers to hopefully gain an opportunity for further interview. In some cases, being hired right at that particular location. So we're busy with job fairs and things like that. But that's not going to be the only component to our employment resources. A lot of those are going to be found on jobs.dav.org by going there and finding featured employers, education, things that support you in your role uh, or search of employment and different things like that. So there's a lot of employment resources that are going to be coming down the chute. But again, it's a a very brand new program that we're very proud to have launched. And I'm really excited about the coming year to see uh, a lot of other things unfold. So two key pieces. If you want to help, there's opportunities to help. If you want our services, you can get our services, and you can find all of those types of things at DAV.org. And if you want to get further into it as far as employment resources and things that my department can help, uh, and whether it be an employer or whether it be a veteran, we have a fully functional job search tool that people can search uh, for employment, and, and employers can search for veterans at jobs.DAV.org.
0: Well, there you have it. And as our time is coming to a close today on Community Concepts, we've been speaking with Jeff Hall from Disabled American Veterans. Jeff, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me, Katie.
0: Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to lgnradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, send our team an email at lgnradio at localjobnetwork.com. And once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with LJN Radio, and I wish you the best of luck.